Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're welcoming Dr. Bradley Nelson, who is the world's foremost expert in the emerging fields of bioenergetic medicine and energy psychology. We're discussing his book called The Emotion Code today. So, Dr. Brad, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, uh, Rebecca. It's great to be here. So what inspired you to write this book? Well, that's a great question. During the years that I was in practice, I... I had this habit of uh, asking for help from up above. It was really an answer to prayer in a a literal way that got me into the healing arts. So when I went into practice and I was seeing patients day in and day out, uh, I just had this habit that I developed that that was with me for all the 19 years that I was in practice uh, in one form or another. And basically, when somebody would come in to see me, I would just, before I'd go to work on them, I'd just take a moment and ask for some help from up above. And, um, and I learned that uh, that higher power, or God, or however you want to refer to it, is really very aware of everything that we're doing all the time. Because there were times when people would come in to see me when I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to approach their problem. And uh, when I would offer that silent prayer and ask for help, the information about uh, what to do and how to look at their situation would sometimes just literally flood into my mind um, like an avalanche of data. An amazing thing. It didn't happen very often. And this was a totally private, totally personal thing. Nobody ever knew that I was actually asking for help from up above for them. But I've come to the conclusion that the highest duty, I believe, uh, of the healer is to really ultimately act as a go-between for that higher power you know, whatever you believe that higher power to be. But um, anyway, so during all those years that I was in practice, I was, I was hyper-focused on getting to the underlying roots of my patients' problems. Because as a holistic doctor, uh, and I think you'll understand this, that, uh, you know, I, I didn't, have a, um, didn't have a license to prescribe medication, so I couldn't suppress people's symptoms, and I didn't have... Uh, I didn't have a license to do surgery on people, so I didn't have that option. And drugs and surgery are mainly what the medical profession has to offer. So I was left with this dilemma of actually having to figure out what was really wrong with my patients. And um, what I found was really surprising to me, and that was that uh, the number one most common underlying common denominator for all of my patients, no matter what they were suffering from, whether it was panic attacks or depression or anxiety or phobias or PTSD or eating disorders or whether it was migraine headaches or neck pain or back pain or knee pain or carpal tunnel syndrome or infertility or asthma or digestive disorders or whatever it might be, the single biggest common underlying denominator for all of those conditions was actually people's emotional baggage, their trapped emotions. And to understand what a trapped emotion is, to understand what emotional baggage is, first of all, I think it's funny to, to note that as human beings, we often use that phrase, emotional baggage, 
Um, but it's almost always in reference to other people, right? <laughs> yes, that, that person has this going on. But, of course, we're all okay on our end. <laughs> exactly. We're okay. But they have a lot of baggage. And what I found is that we all have emotional baggage. And to understand what this emotional baggage really is, you have to, um, you have to understand that the human body is this energy field, really. And, of course, quantum physicists like Albert Einstein have been telling us this for over 100 years. If you, if you look at your hand, for example, um, your hand looks familiar. You've seen it before. But if you were to magnify your hand with a microscope and zoom inside of that hand um, at about uh, somewhere around a million times magnification, you might be looking face-to-face with a single individual atom. It's still part of your hand, but it looks totally unlike your hand. Uh, and yet, if you were to look inside that atom, you'd see that there's really nothing in there but empty space and some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around at the speed of light. And that's really what we are. And so we know that we can measure thoughts electronically. And ultimately, everything in the universe is energy, uh, including thoughts and emotions as well. And we believe that every emotion has its own specific vibrational frequency. So that if you're feeling an emotion of anger, that's a different vibration, a different frequency than an emotion of grief, and that's different from sadness, and they're all different. But when you're feeling an emotion that's powerful enough, if it's too powerful, that uh, emotional energy may become trapped in your body. And we call that a trapped emotion, and that's literally what your emotional baggage is. A trapped emotion is a ball of emotional energy, from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a volleyball. And these energies will lodge in the body. So when you go through some intense event, uh, you might think that the emotions that you felt during that event are gone because you're not feeling them in the moment anymore because that event is over. But um, when the bully moves away or the divorce is finalized or the funeral is over or whatever it might be, you may still be carrying emotional energy from that event, from the emotions that you experienced in those moments, and those emotional energies can stay with you and can distort the rest of your life and diminish your ability to really manifest the, uh, the best life that you're capable of. And so what I came to discover was that uh, we are all living diminished lives because of our emotional baggage. So we're not able to find the right person for us, or we're not able to really create the things that we're capable of creating in this life because of this emotional baggage. And so it was a fascinating thing to see also how this emotional baggage can create physical uh, symptoms for us, as well as mental and emotional symptoms. For example, I remember uh, uh, many years ago when I was first learning, first figuring out how all of this works, a woman came in to see me who thought she was having a heart attack. Now, I'd seen her as a patient before, but all of a sudden she shows up and she's really got these major symptoms. Her left arm is completely numb. The left side of her face is numb. She's got this crushing chest pain, difficulty breathing. It sure looked like a heart attack to me. And I told my staff, hey, we might need an ambulance, so stand by here. I did some very rapid testing on her, 
using what we now refer to as the emotion code. And I was able to figure out that she had a trapped emotion of grief that was actually contributing to all of this, uh, this, all these symptoms that she was having. And I traced this back, uh, and it, it occurred about three years before. Now, of course, in the emotion code, we teach people how to do this. It's actually really simple. And when I arrived at that, that this had happened three years before, she, she burst into tears she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. I thought I dealt with all that. And then I said, well, what in the world happened to you? And she said that three years before, her husband had an affair, and she found out about it and confronted him, and the whole thing blew up. And this guy that she was so deeply in love with that she thought she was going to be with forever, um, she ended up getting divorced from. And she cried a lot of tears and felt a lot of grief about that. Well, she moved on. She spent... Uh, time in therapy after that, trying to deal with it mentally. And she found a new guy and got remarried. And so uh, as far as she was concerned, that ex-husband was, uh, was just a bad apple and it was history. But as far as her body was concerned, uh, that grief was still with her like it had just happened. And I released that emotion of grief from her, which just takes a few seconds, using the emotion code. And uh, the feeling came back into her arm within about three seconds and into her face and uh, the chest pain was gone suddenly. The difficulty breathing was gone. And about 10 minutes later, uh, she left the office feeling totally fine. And I remember after she left, I sat down in my office and my mind was kind of reeling and I was thinking, what in the world did I just see? How, how is that possible? What, what was that? And of course, um, that was just the very beginning of this. And so what we see is that this emotional baggage affects us in a couple of different ways. It affects us physically and it affects us mentally. And of course, now the medical profession, of course, uh, as you know, is uh, talking a lot about dying of a broken heart and how that happens. And it's an actual physical phenomenon discovered by the Japanese. And um, I think that this woman would have been one of those people who would have died of a broken heart. She was exhibiting all the symptoms of a heart attack right then, but it wasn't really a heart attack. And they say now, the new guideline basically is if you feel like you're having a heart attack, by all means call 911. But uh, if they tell you that there's really nothing wrong with your heart later in the hospital, um, that you did not have a heart attack, then you are at risk of dying, literally, of a broken heart. And we believe that the emotion code is a way to actually stop that. I think this woman, uh, all those years ago, that was probably... Uh, Probably almost 30 years ago, I worked on her. She's still in contact with me, and uh, she is doing, uh, she's doing great and totally healthy. But I think if we had not released that emotional baggage from her divorce, I think that it's very possible that she might have become one of these people who dies of a broken heart. You might remember the story um, that happened a year or so ago with uh, Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie was a uh, famous uh, football player down here in the, uh, in the U.S., in the north uh, the northeastern part of the country. And uh, I think this was back in the 70s or 80s. Anyway, what happened was his father had a heart attack, a massive heart attack, and he died. And um, so about an hour after his father passed away, he and his mother are with their father's body in the hospital. And his mother leans over to give her husband a kiss on the forehead, uh, kind of a kiss goodbye, and suddenly she slumps over and she's gone. And um, 
So Doug Flutie, within the space of an hour, lost both of his parents. His mother, they believe, died of a broken heart. Think about that. So, so that's uh, one of the fascinating aspects of this work. And another amazing thing about it is, uh, is how it affects us, how this emotional baggage affects us mentally, too. Uh, I'll always remember there was a man who came into me once uh, years ago who was suffering from really severe low back pain. On a 0 to 10 scale, 10 being call 911, he was at about a 9, about as bad as it can get uh, before you go to the hospital. And um, it had been going on for a while, and what I found was he had a trapped emotion of anger that was contributing or causing this back pain. Now, this trapped emotion had gotten lodged in his body uh, about 20 years before, and he remembered what had happened. He'd been through something difficult and traumatic, and um, that emotion had been in there in his body all those years. So when I released that emotion, suddenly the pain went from a nine to a zero uh, in about the length of time that it's taken us to talk about it. And... Um, he was thrilled. It was kind of miraculous to him, and I was grateful that it worked so well. But the interesting thing about it is, uh, a couple of days later, he came back into my office, and he said, you know, Dr. Nelson, he said, um, my back is great. He said, I can hardly believe it, but he said, I don't have any pain. But he said, there was something else going on with me when I came in here that I did not tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've basically been a rageaholic. I've got anger problems. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. I've got to be careful. Uh, I have to watch the road rage. He said, I'm always kind of on edge. And he said, I've been to anger management several times. hasn't really done anything for me. He said, I've just kind of believed that that's who I was. But he said, since you released that emotion of anger from me, he said, I don't feel it anymore. He said, I just feel kind of relaxed and kind of peaceful. He said, how does that work? I feel like I'm turning into a different person. And the fascinating thing about this is, if you think about this, here's a great example of how this emotional baggage, these trapped emotions, affect us in two very powerful ways. He had a trapped emotion of anger that was lodged in his back. Again, this little ball of emotional energy. And um, because the body itself is just an energy field, when you, when you introduce into the body a ball of anger or resentment or whatever it might be, what happens is now on an energetic level, on a quantum level, what's going on is that that ball of emotion is distorting the normal energy field of the body. And because the body really is just an energy field, that's all it is really ultimately is this very complex energy field. When you're distorting those energies, you're ultimately distorting the tissues of the body. You're interfering with the chemical reactions taking place. You're interfering with the flow of energy, the acupuncture energy in there. You're interfering to some degree with blood flow and lymph flow and so on. And so that was the reason why he was having physical pain. But the other thing that's interesting is that uh, he literally had, as you can imagine, this ball of anger in his back, this emotion, this vibrational frequency, this ball of energy, this invisible ball. And so in his life, when a situation would come along in his life where he might tend to feel anger, he would feel anger. He would slide right into that vibration much more easily, much more readily than he otherwise would have. Why? Because literally part of his body 
was feeling that emotion, that vibration of anger, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you see. And so when we release that energy, suddenly, not only is the pain gone, because that distortion is gone, but also now, suddenly, he doesn't feel the anger anymore because that part of his body that was feeling anger 24-7 is gone. It's the most amazing thing. And in my own uh, in so my own do, mind, I'm going to I'm going to cut could, you off there, Dr. Brad. Uh-huh. We're going to take a yeah. break. I want to talk about this more right. when we get back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Bradley Nelson, and we're discussing his book, The Emotion Code. We'll be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Bradley Nelson, and we're discussing his book, The Emotion Code. So, Dr. Brad, I mean, you gave examples of, of what trapped emotions are, but and, and then you're talking about releasing them. What exactly are you doing to help people, you know, figure out that this is going on and, and to recover from it? Well, that's a great question. First of all, uh, it's important to understand that consciously we don't really know um, much about our emotional baggage. We, we might think we do because we can remember certain things that we've been through in our lives, but the reality of it is oftentimes uh, emotions that are stuck in our bodies have happened because of things that we might not have any memory of at all. And so it's critically important to tap into what we call the subconscious mind um, we have these two minds. We have our conscious mind, and that's where we spend all of our waking hours, where we take tests and where we work our jobs and we have our relationships and so on. But the conscious mind is a very, um, is a very limited computer, basically. We have a limited amount of memory at our disposal, and that's why uh, we don't remember what we had for breakfast uh, a week ago, and we don't remember... Uh, important things like our anniversary sometimes, and we get in trouble because of things like that. That's our conscious mind. Now, on the other hand, the subconscious mind is by far the, ba- the vast bulk of our intelligence, and it remembers everything we've ever done, every face that you've ever seen in a crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled, uh, the whole history of your health or disease is logged in this subconscious computer, which is kind of like a holographic uh, archiving uh, system that uh, that's tracking all of these things. Well, I believe that that subconscious mind remembers everything down to the cellular level and even down to the quantum level. But how do we tap into that subconscious? That's That's really the big question. And we have found that we can do that through some simple forms of biofeedback that we call muscle testing. And... Um, so, for example, um, if, uh, if a person holds out, for example, if I were there with you in the studio, Rebecca, uh, if you held one arm straight out parallel to the floor, uh, and if you were to say, my name is Rebecca, if I were to press down on your outstretched arm and you tried to resist me, you'd be able to resist me because that's a congruent statement and your body is a little stronger uh, or is at its strongest when you're saying something that's congruent or true or positive. On the other hand, if you were to say something like, my name is Bob, if I were to press down on your arm at that point and you were to try to resist me, uh, you wouldn't be able to hold your arm up because the subconscious mind can't lie. And so we found that this simple method of testing enables us to tap in and ask questions and get answers. So let me give you an example of this. There was a, uh, there was a workshop that I did a number of years ago, uh, and a woman came up out of the audience uh, as a volunteer to be tested. And I think she was about 20 years old or so. Um, nice young woman. And uh, so I did some testing on her and I asked some questions. She's got her arm stretched out and I'm asking questions and I'm asking, uh, you know, do you have uh, trapped emotion we can release? And her arm strength comes back very strong. That's a yes answer. And I asked uh, what this emotion was. And we have a chart of emotions. There are 60 emotions in the chart. It's divided into two columns and six rows. And what you can do is um, you can go on Google and you can just search for emotion code chart and you'll see thousands and thousands of these. 
Um, but uh, anyway, that's how we narrow down what the emotion is. So I asked more questions. And uh, I asked, is this trapped emotion in column A in the chart? And the answer was either yes or no, I don't remember. And, and I found, uh, eventually narrowed it down very quickly to this emotion of forlorn. And forlorn is to be kind of all alone and hopeless and lonely and desolate. The old expression used to be to, um, to be forlorn of hope, to really have all hope cut off. And um, so that was the emotion. And I asked her if that rang a bell, and she said no. And so I asked some more questions. Well, did this occur in the last 10 years? And the answer came back, no, her arm was weak. Okay, and remember, what I'm doing here is I'm talking to her subconscious mind. Her conscious mind has no idea what this is even about. And so I narrowed this down to the first year of her life. And... Uh, I asked her if she had any idea what this was about. She said no. She had no idea. Well, at the beginning of this event, I had happened to meet this woman, uh, this young woman, and her mother. And so I looked out at the audience, and there was her mother, and she was as white as a ghost. And she had her hands covering her mouth and nose, and she looked like she was kind of in shock. And I said, well, do you have any idea what this might be about? And she kind of reluctantly admitted that she thought maybe she did. She said that during those years, when her daughter was a baby, she used to use cloth diapers. And she said one day she accidentally pinned her daughter to her diaper. In other words, she had put a safety pin in there and it went right through her daughter's skin. And she didn't know about it until she changed her the next time. So here's this poor baby for hours being in pain and I think it gives us a little bit of a glimpse into how overwhelmed her mom must have been, because she probably, I'm sure she cried the whole time, and no one's helping her, no one's changing her, no one's fixing this problem, and she's in terrible pain. Imagine. So, so I asked this young woman's subconscious mind through muscle testing, is that what created this? And the answer was yes. So I run ahead and I release the emotion. Now to release the trapped emotion, what you do is you can use a magnet or your fingertips, and you just go down the back a few times, right down the middle of the back, down what we call the governing meridian. And it's putting energy into that meridian and releasing that energy, releasing that trapped emotion. So it released, and she went back and sat down. And I kind of forgot about this. And about 10 days later, I got an email suddenly from this young woman's mother. And she said, my daughter has had this problem that she didn't tell you about. But uh, for about the last 10 years or so, um, she's had pain in her hip and in her knee. And it's been gradually, slowly getting worse, and it's been affecting, to a small degree, the way that she walks. And she said, we've taken her to several different people to try to figure out what, you know, what this problem is, and nobody's been able to fix it. She said, the moment you release that trapped emotion of forlorn from her, uh, it disappeared. The pain in her hip and her knee is gone, hasn't come back. And she said, I waited these 10 days because I wanted to see if this was just a fluke, but she said, it's gone. She said, not only that, but she said, my daughter is feeling this new lightness of being that she has not felt before, and she's telling everyone about this. So you see, here's a case where uh, a young woman has, uh, picks up this trapped emotion as a baby, and then it's affecting her and resulting in pain and affecting the way she walks all these years later, and um, finding that emotion and getting rid of it was really the key. And uh, And 
you see, trap, uh, tapping into her subconscious mind was so critical because otherwise, how would we have ever known? We wouldn't have. And, her, and by the way, her mother had never told her about this, and that's part of the reason why she was so kind of horrified. <laughs> <laughs> she probably didn't want to admit it to her of what was going on. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so um, when, when you're releasing these emotions, um, do you just have to do that once or do you have to repeat that a few times before it's gone completely? Um, every trapped emotion that we've ever seen has been able to be released with one swipe or sorry, with, the, with you know, one, one attempt uh, and they don't come back in other words. So what we do is, um, if, the, if it's a regular trapped emotion, um, it's just three swipes of the magnet or your fingertips down the, the governing meridian. Uh, if it's an inherited emotion, in other words, if you inherited this emotional energy at conception from mom or dad, uh, your subconscious mind will, will lead you to that. And those emotions that are trapped, we release with 10 swipes down the governing meridian. And... Um, so it's a very simple process. It's really fast, really, really easy. And, uh, and you can find, uh, as I mentioned, you can find inherited emotional baggage as well. We all have some inherited emotional baggage. And, um, and that's really one of the most fascinating things about this work is that you can find those energies that you really have no idea about consciously that, uh, that aren't even yours, that came from an ancestor, and you can release those as well. Well, you know, that's pretty amazing. I think a lot of people are, you, you know, we go down these roads trying to figure out what's going on. And, and, you know, like that example you gave about the hip pain, often, you know, for probably the first 10 years of pain, they tell us there's nothing wrong until it turns into some sort of degeneration. And, you know, it, it always seems like there should be something that we can do before that happens or you know sometimes there's never a sign that there's anything and we just have that pain right well that's one of the really beautiful things about this work is that uh, people can learn how to do this themselves and get rid of their own um their own problems in many many cases in fact i have to tell you a story um there was a uh, there was a woman that i had a conversation with um, a while back who told me that um uh, she went to this website, which, by the way, um, I want to make available to all of your listeners. It's called EmotionCodeGift.com. You can go to EmotionCodeGift.com, and you can download the Emotion Code book for free and the book on audio for free. So you can listen to it and read it. And that's what she did. She went to EmotionCodeGift.com. She started reading the book and listening to it, and her son started reading it and listening to it as well. And he started practicing with his friends. And... She didn't pay too much attention. And a couple of weeks went by, and uh, the phone rang one day. And there was a woman on the other end of the phone line who identified herself as the mother of one of this woman's son's friends. And she said, listen, uh, she said, your son has been doing this emotional thing with the other boys. And she said, I, I don't really know what's going on with him, but I, don't, I haven't paid much attention. But she said, listen, I have to tell you something. My son uh, has had a severe phobia of water all of his life. You know, you can have a phobia to anything. And he had a phobia to water. She said it's been very disruptive to his life and our life as a family, but we've just been living with it. We've taken him to everybody that we can think of. Nothing has touched this. She said, 
right now I'm at the community pool. And she said, my son is out playing in the water with the other boys for the first time in his life. He's never been able to do this. She said, your son did this to him. She said, I can't understand how this is even possible. What in the world is your son doing? How can this be? Now, those two boys are only 11 years old. That's how simple the emotion code is, and yet how life-changing it can be. Uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. It, it almost seems too good to be true, a little too simple. But it, it maybe yeah. we're, we're always looking for such complicated answers, and, and we're missing the, the simple things. I think that's true. Um, I, I was having a conversation with my wife a little while back. She was reading to me uh, from a book about healing. She was reading the introduction. And uh, in the introduction, um, uh, the, uh, the person who wrote the foreword of the introduction was saying how difficult healing is and how it takes years and years of practice and dedication and focus and all of this. And, um, and my wife closed the book. And she said, well, not anymore. And it's really true. Healing, we used to think, was a difficult thing, long and drawn out, and years and years and years of practice and so on. But no, not anymore. Uh, the emotion code makes it simple and easy for anyone to, uh, to do. And I'll tell you something. I believe that uh, every man, woman, and child on this planet has a birthright uh, or in other words, a birth, uh, a right that, that you're born with just innately, and that is to, um, to be a healer, to heal. We all have that ability. We all have that gift, really, but we, um, somewhere along the line, I don't know when, hundreds, thousands of years ago, maybe we, we forgot about it. We lost it. But now uh, that birthright is, uh, is coming back, and people are regaining this ability to heal all over the world. And children, too, because there is no age limit. In fact, um, the youngest child that we know of who's using uh, the emotion code and actually getting results is only five years old, which sounds ridiculous, but it actually is true. Well, with the story that you gave earlier, you know, she was in her first year of life when when the uh, safety pin caused her pain and trapped emotion. So um, I think a lot of that happens at that time when we can't rationalize what's happening either. And uh, and then we don't understand. We, we seem to, in conversations I've had with other people, develop these ideas sometimes from our childhood that actually aren't rational. And that's where a lot of these emotions and fears can come from. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Bradley Nelson, and we're discussing his book, The Emotion Code. We'll be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. 
Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Bradley Nelson, and we're discussing his book, The Emotion Code. So, Dr. Brad, in your book, you talk about the heart wall. What is that? Well, what we have found is that um, the heart is much, much more than, uh, than we used to think. You know, in Western medicine, the heart is looked at as a pump that pumps blood, and that's really all that it does. Now, ancient societies, on the other hand, believed that the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and the source of romance and the source of creativity and really the core of our being. And that's what they believed anciently. And, of course, in the West, we've never really given much, much credence to those old ideas. We've just thought, oh, those ancient peoples, they, had, they just didn't have the kind of equipment that we have today, and we know now that the heart is just a pump. However... As our equipment and as our technology advances, what we're finding is that the ancient peoples um, were actually right. Uh, For example, what we have found using a device called a magnetocardiogram, we found that the heart has a magnetic field that extends out around the body up to 12 feet in diameter. And we've also found, and listen to this one, we found that when one person is feeling love or affection for another person, their heartbeat will become measurable in the brain waves 
of that person that they're focusing love or affection on. And in fact, the heart rates will ultimately synchronize. And um, so there's this invisible energy uh, that's, uh, that is being exchanged by all of us all the time. And um, the heart is what the ancient peoples believed it to be. In the, in the Bible, for example, the heart is mentioned hundreds of times. Um, there are scriptures that say things like... Um, uh, God doesn't look on the outward appearance of a person, he looks on the heart. Instead, well, if the heart is really just a pump, then is that just poetic license, or what is it really? Um, the ancient Egyptians believed that uh, when you die, you go through this, uh, this experience called the weighing of the heart, where your heart is weighed against a feather. And if your heart is lighter than a feather, relating to what kind of a life you've lived, then um, it's going to work out really well for you. So... When we started, when the medical profession started doing heart transplants back in the 1960s, strange things started happening. People started coming back to their doctor sometimes, and they would say, you know, something weird's happening. I've got this new heart, but I also have some other things happening. My taste in music uh, has totally changed. I love classical music now. Certain passages I keep listening to over and over. Um, why is that? I used to hate classical music. Or they'd say, my taste in sports or food totally changed. Sometimes people would have memories of places that they'd never in their lives been to. And now with a new heart, they have memories of being in those places. Think about that. Sometimes their handwriting would completely change with their new heart. And in every case, when these transplant recipients were connected with the families of the heart donors, they found that um, in every case, yes, um, that's our son's handwriting that you have, or our daughter's handwriting, or yes, our son had visited all those places that uh, that you've been to, um, and uh, oh yes, our daughter was a big baseball fan, and now you are, and you never used to like it before. The heart is an, uh, is really a second brain, and it stores the memories of the things that we really love the things that we have the highest affinities for. And so when that heart is transplanted into another person, it's not unusual for those affinities to be transferred with that heart. Now, there are whole books written about this, and it's called Cellular Memory. Well, what we have found is that when you feel like your heart is going to break, there's a physical sensation that accompanies that. And... Um, Sometimes you feel like there's an elephant sitting on your chest or like you are choking, like you can't breathe. Now, when you're experiencing that kind of heartache, when someone's really hurting you or you're really deeply grieved, someone has died or a relationship has died or something like that is usually what this is from, your heart can literally feel like it's going to break. And in those circumstances... The subconscious mind will often put up a wall around the heart to protect the heart, to protect it from being totally broken. And this wall is a real thing, although it's completely invisible to us. It's made from the energy of your emotional baggage. It's made from the energy of your trapped emotions. One of the first cases that I saw with this was a, um, a young woman who came in to see me for neck pain. She'd seen a couple of other doctors for this neck pain. They hadn't been able to help her. And so she came in to see me, and as I was talking with her, she told me that she was single, and she was going to be single the rest of her life. She was never going to date again. She was never going to marry. She'd been single for eight years. And she was very determined about this and very serious. And I said, well, 
why do you feel that way? She was only 38 years old, and she was a nurse, and she was an attractive person. And I said, what happened to you? Why do you feel that way? And she said that eight years before, she was deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart. And so as I tested her, I found that she had put up this wall. Now, this is an unconscious thing. People don't know that they have these. In fact, 93% of people have this phenomenon, this heart wall phenomenon, we call it, going on. And so, uh, so anyway, I, I found that there were three trapped emotions making up this wall around her heart. And I released these three emotions. And when I cleared the last emotion, suddenly the heart wall was gone. And with it, um, her neck pain was gone. Now, she had come in to see me for the neck pain that she'd seen two other doctors for. Well, the neck pain suddenly is gone. And she left the office uh, a few minutes later feeling totally fine. And she didn't come back for about three months. And three months later, she walks back into the office, and I'll always remember this. Uh, I looked at her and I said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? And she said, you know, she said, my, ne- my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall from me, and that really works. Because she said, about two weeks after I was here, I found out that my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And we're dating and we're in love, and I think he's going to ask me to marry him, right? So talk about an enormous 180-degree shift for this woman by getting that wall removed. Now, there are physical symptoms oftentimes when people have a heart wall. Oftentimes they'll have stiffness in the neck, and then those uh, trapezius muscles in the shoulder. Uh, sometimes people will actually have chest pain to some degree when they have a heart wall. It also interferes with your immune system. So you'll be more prone to disease, more prone to having problems and like recurring infections and things like that. And uh, the fascinating thing about it is that when this wall is taken down, people's ability to connect with other people and to find love and fall in love um, really dramatically changes. We've had people, um, in fact, we have thousands and thousands of testimonials from all over the world about this, from people who have found that um, even in advanced ages, we've had people fall in love for the first time in their life uh, in their 80s. We've had people who never, ever thought they would get married, never, ever thought they'd find their soulmate. When that wall's taken down, they do. We've had people who have never been able to achieve financial success. And when that wall is taken down, suddenly uh, they're able to. Because when you have a heart wall, uh, by definition, uh, you have what I like to call an abundance block. Because you see, I believe that um, within the heart of each one of us is the blueprint, the perfect blueprint for our best life that we can live. And when you have a heart wall, it becomes much more difficult to manifest that. You know, when you graduate from high school or college, uh, people will often say, follow your heart. And I believe that is probably the best single piece of advice that anyone can ever get. But what if you have a heart wall? What if you've been through some kind of heartbreaking things and um, you've put up this wall around your heart? Then what? Well, then it becomes much, much more difficult to manifest uh, that perfect life that you're capable of. And uh, to really follow your heart becomes much, much more difficult. It's fascinating. uh, Out of all these testimonials, um, one of my favorites is from a woman that uh, lives in Italy. And uh, she sent a picture of herself with her husband. And uh, they were standing in front of this little village in uh, in Italy, I guess, where they live. 
And in her broken English, she said, for years, my marriage run badly. And then I got a new husband. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, oh, okay, this must be the picture of the new husband. She must have gotten a divorce from the other one. No, 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 that's not what happened. She said that she hired an emotion code practitioner in Budapest who worked on her husband and released his heart wall at a distance. And by the way, that's one of the really amazing things about this work is that it's done at a distance just as well as live and in person. And we have over 4,000 practitioners as of today in 71 countries around the world. And uh, most of them work with other people at a distance. Anyway, so she hired this practitioner in Budapest who worked with her husband, and she said, now, now that his heart wall is gone, she said, it's like I got a new husband. He's so loving and so kind and so caring, and thank you. And she said, and by the way, I had a heart wall, and mine was released too, and my life is really changing for the better. So the heart wall is, I believe, probably the most important single thing that you need to get rid of if you've got one. And chances are you do. Nine out of ten people do. And getting rid of it can change everything about your life and how things manifest for you. And you can learn how to do it yourself. It's easy. The uh, instructions are all in the emotion code. And imagine imagine if you're working with uh, people in your family and nine out of ten of them or you know, most of them have a heart wall. What does that do to family relationships? How does that interfere with people's ability to connect with other people? Uh, we've had people also who, uh, when having, uh, after having their heart wall removed, have told us that for the first time in their life, they can actually feel God's love for them. Imagine that. Um, I don't know how something could be more profound than that. But, um, but anyway, it's such an important thing to do. And during the last 10 years that I was in practice, most of the people that I was working with had been told there was no cure for them at all in Western medicine. And yet uh, I was able to, by working with them and getting rid of their emotional baggage and fixing other, other imbalances that they had, I was able to get the vast majority of them well um, with very few exceptions. And really it wasn't about me. It was just that I was asking questions and getting answers. And that's what the emotion code does. It enables you, it teaches you how you can ask questions of your own subconscious mind or of other people if, if they want you to help them. Uh, you can ask questions and get answers. And you can get amazing results with people. And um, it doesn't have to cost you anything at all. I mean, uh, you can go to emotioncodegift.com. You can download the book for free, the book on audio. You can also um, go to uh, the Google Play Store uh, on your Android device or the App Store on your Apple uh, iOS device, and you can uh, just search for the emotion code. And um, I think it's $1.99. You can download the book and then listen to the book on audio, read the book. And um, so it's very inexpensive. Now, if you want someone to work with you. Like I said, we've got practitioners all over the world. You can go to healerslibrary.com and there's a map there uh, of the world and you can see, you can find a practitioner uh, uh, nearby if you want to, but you might find that uh, the person that um, is ideal for you might be in some other country like Singapore or Germany or Japan. So, well, you know, 
it, it's very encouraging that that you've done this for people. Um, I love that you've just put it out there so that people can help themselves. I think one of the things that's missing in today's world is probably that we all have a heart wall and we're we're not having enough compassion for each other and for our planet and for everything that's going on around us. So hopefully this will um, make some waves and some some change for everybody. Yes, I believe that the earth is in this transformational process, and I think that this work has really come at this time to assist that transformation, because you're absolutely right. Um, we don't have enough compassion uh, for each other, and uh, there's lots of, um, lots of bad and negative things going on in the world. And when you see, when you read headlines about somebody really hurting somebody else, you can pretty much guarantee yourself that there was a heart wall involved there. And uh, when that wall is taken down, uh, we're able to feel. Because, you see, we feel with the heart brain. We don't feel with the brain in our heads. It doesn't really feel anything. And so here we are in the 21st century, and we're still thinking, uh, by and large, that um, using war to settle differences between nations is, is appropriate and dropping bombs is appropriate and all of that. Well, that's all going to change. But this is part of that work. And so I can't overemphasize how important it is um, for you to get rid of your own heart wall, and to get rid of the heart walls of uh, the people that, uh, that you love and care about. And if you like doing this work, if you find that it resonates with you and uh, it's fun for you, you can make a living doing it. Uh, the certification program that we offer is less than $1,000. It's all done online. Now you've got six months to do it. And then you can join all these other practitioners all around the world that uh, are making a living now, uh, releasing other people's emotional baggage. Well, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for um, sharing this and, and thank you for joining us today. This was a great show. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, I wish you the best. And I want to thank all of your listeners for being on and, and listening. And, uh, and I hope that uh, they'll just go get the book. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, today we were talking with Dr. Bradley Nelson and we were discussing his book, The Emotion Code, which you can download for free at emotioncodegift.com. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. 